<laughs> it would be a wolf, but eh? Which seems to be in a world of his own. <laughs> for the audio listeners, That's my Rich is... uh, for, I was going to say that's one for the audio. <laughs> one's lovely. Off to a great start. My computer is having all fun and games this evening. So apologies, ladies and gents. Um, of course, guys, we are here to talk about yesterday's game against Brentford, but more importantly, what it's meant, which is me and you get another, get to get another round of the up for the cup campaign. And boy, is it going to be a good one, Stu. I mean, the, we've done this, what, four or five years of the Up for the Cup campaign? And every year it ends in abject failure and disappointment. And yeah. wearing wearing Cup shirts. I even wore my 1996 nutmeg hat yesterday because it was so cold. Um, because it's got the crest on. The last time we won anything in this Cup. So <laughs> my only thought was, if we do go all the way now, do I have to wear that incredibly hot hat even in May? <laughs> Because I want yeah. when we when we got through to the semi final, it was the year when I when I wore fingerless gloves like a hipster, and I I still had to take them even to Wembley. <laughs> I mean, part of them would say yes, you do need to wear it. The other part would say is, does it really have an impact on the eleven players on the pitch? If they can see me, I can see. <laughs> Maybe. Empty oh. The precipitation in the air. If it's all focused on me, it's not on them, is it? So there we are. <laughs> Incubate that way. <laughs> Fab. Uh, I was going to say, also joining me, we've got Tom Gibson and we've got Jaffo. Um, quick one with yourself, Jaffo. Um, because. Yeah. We'll talk about obviously the game, the fact that a lot of people couldn't. I think Richie's completely dying now. <laughs> well, he sorts himself out. Um, not in that way either. We're not that exciting. Um, <laughs> I think what what, what Richie's going to say, Jafo, you had. Um, your good lady with you for the first time yesterday and her experience of football for the very first time. Um, so yeah. before we go into the lineup and, and the coverage and everything, she was one of the 24,000, I think, who were there experiencing that glorious game. Oh, yeah. Let alone on what I, what I, I informed her of first. What did she experience of soccer and did it live up to her uh, expectation? To be to be fair, I, I, I thought, you know, going into it, she's watched Wolves Room before. I'm Italian now, and she's not been that interested. The game last night, she was sharing abuse at the Brentford Blast, sharing time wasting and everything. She was loving it. She 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 was really getting into it. And yeah, as, as you mentioned, we talked about something before the game. That thing being Bovril, um, <laughs> she 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 managed to have two two Bovrils last night. So loved it so much so that she wanted to buy some stuff today. So there you go. So. <laughs> So English football is really for her. I, I think the NFL's in the bin now. <laughs> yeah, you, you know, you're not getting Bovril in South Carolina, are you? Let's be honest. No, no. <laughs> I'll, I'll base the closest thing, and that's just seasoning. <laughs> well, when I was I, I was explaining to her because she was saying, "Oh, what, Bovril," and she kind of she seemed to have an idea of the concept of Bovril, um, but she was like, "Oh, what is that?" And I went, "Oh, well, it's like beef extract." And she just with the look of horror on her face, she's like, "What?" And I thought, well, yeah, yeah, it's kind of, it's like drinkable gravy, <laughs> and which it wasn't helping the case. But now the fact that she loves it so much, oh, it's a, it's a success story. I'm, I'm taking that for me. <laughs> but was you uh, something more serious matters? Were you always going to this game, Tom? Or were we going to be one of the uh, the filthy losers who tried to watch it on a stream? <laughs> no, I was always going to go to it. Yeah, yeah, and I'm glad I did. <laughs> 
I mean, that, that is one, though. I mean, other than the Ipswich game, because the Carabao Cup's always like that. Mm. Did you expect that to be the case? Because I didn't. I mean, I, 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 home games, I'll be there anyway, regardless. But I thought as a backup that that would be there for everyone. Yeah, I didn't expect it, really. I thought it would have been, you know, televised, really. Especially with it being two Premier League teams. But obviously not. Yeah. And we have the story that the whole farce of the highlights package, not even be well, package. It was just a few things sewn together that you'd have gone central news back in the day. <laughs> Is that indecisive? And I was trying to think, I, I can't remember a time either of this where, I don't know about you, Jifo, you've been slightly younger than me, um, where you've we've had to wait for highlights of an FA Cup game. I can't. Not off the top of my head, but like literally, like you saying it about it being like a central, like central, old central uh, footage. Lich, I went on the BBC, I watched the game, so I say, I like to see if it's actually slightly different and not. They had Mikey Burrows in the commentary on the BBC highlights, so it's like <laughs> there must have been like nothing, like n- not even sus- they couldn't even scratch together some weird couple of guys from Albania to talk about it. Mikey, <laughs> Mikey Burrows all over the BBC, so there you go. That's something. Something positive that comes out of it. Beautiful voice all over there. Instead of listening to the usual, uh, you know, drip that you get on uh, commentators nowadays. When we should have known, when there was no tactics truck outside with like the broadcast vans, there was nothing there. But I suppose if they're not if they're not sending it anywhere, then there's no need to send it to the back to base. They just send it later on with the tapes. But, I mean, the only place he might have gone was only Stockley Park. But going on some of the decisions last night, which we'll talk about in a bit, but going on some of the decisions that were given, um, mainly the penalty, maybe they weren't getting it because <laughs> what there was, uh, it was a little bit dubious. I'm to say that definitely for the least. I mean, we'll come to that later on. But since Richard died. I mean, we'll just put that out there now. He could be dead. Um, we don't know where he is. We've got no control. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's one of them. Lineups. Were you surprised by anything? Obviously, with the uh, the first game, Bentley was thankfully ill, um, so he didn't have to poison our goal mouth. Um, was there ever, ever any doubt that Sara get dropped for him? Nah, I don't, I don't think so. I think Sara's got his place in the squad firmly. Um I think when Bentley's played, he hasn't done enough, in my opinion, to play in these cup games where most second keepers would. Um, mm. So I think Sars done everything right, and he deserved to keep his place. Yeah, I think it's re- reassuring as well that you you we are going with the number one keeper at all times, um, which it's probably not good for him, but he obviously. He knew the situation before he came in, and I'd rather do it this way and take things properly and seriously, and than than risk a ruddy situation again. Um, but the man of the moment, Jafo, um, I know you, you've obviously we've talked about him before, but did you expect the sheer amount of abuse that young Joe Hodge got on Twitter yesterday before the game? No, not really. Because I mean, when you talk about what Hodge has done in the side before. He's never really put a foot wrong for somebody who's, who's who's got his level experience, his age, and you know, and how he's played in the football. He's always bought, put himself in that professional sort of way. You know, people like Jack Price, the people who played in the in the Warsaw before. He's always ticked up things over, done things in the right way, done the basics right. I just don't understand why he would get abuse. I, I understand why people would be upset that he's starting over Mario Lamina, even with everything that's going on in Mario's life at the moment. But when somebody gets put in the side, obviously on merit, because there's no way that O'Neill wouldn't have put him in the squad if he hadn't been doing it in training, he hasn't been showing the qualities that he needs from him to come into the starting eleven. then I don't, I don't understand why people would have that, because O'Neill should be trusted in this moment because of where he is with the results and the way that the team's playing. So if he thinks he's good enough, then every everyone else in that stadium should. So they should say, get off the kid's back. And after last night, actually, I thought when he was on the pitch, majority of the time he probably played better than Tommy Doyle. Mm. I think he was a lot more tidy and, and kept the ball, whereas Doyle turned over possession, maybe not through his own fault sometimes, but say Hodge did well and say people have got to let him play and trust O'Neill in the process. 
Yeah, spot on. I think some of the, some of the passing in from both sides really kind of screamed the fact that both sides haven't played football for ten days. Um, it just looked a bit wrong all over the place. But Rich, are you resurrected? Are you alive? I think so. I'm on my phone trying to get the laptop sorted at the same time. So you might see me jump between two very slightly different angles and a horrible echo. If not, we're on phone. But I, I think with Hodge, is it that he's a bit of a boring player? <laughs> but like, and, and it sounds really harsh when I say it, but it's like, you know, he, he's not necessarily had a big standout game. His, his game is very much keeping the tempo, so to speak. And unlike, you know, Tommy Doyle, who has got a little bit more flair to him, whether it's just a bit more of an expansive passing range or the, 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 the long-range shots and things like that, they're, they're, he doesn't quite have that dynamism. Um, so I'm curious, to be fair, how, how it's going to pan out with with Hodge. And m- maybe he, he is someone like Luke Kundle, who just needs that loan move to the Championship, build up their stock, build up their experience. Um to, to kind of elevate their game because he's clearly got something about him because Jafo's right he wouldn't be playing if he didn't. I know we've kind of we have got shortages shortages with Gomez, Traore being unavailable, Lamina. Obviously he's not been around the club for a while. Um so he, he is kind of that fifth choice. But at the same time they've moved they've done something else otherwise. Yeah. So it, it it's a tricky one for me. Yeah, we I mean, we kind of we talked in the pub before, and me and Jafo about is Belagar going to play there with him to kind of help him through? Um, it's almost like a three-man midfield, and obviously that that didn't happen because he had to put he played him up front, which was weird. Um, <laughs> but you mentioned it, you mentioned him there about Tommy Doyle, and obviously he was the standout player in the first game. Thoughts on him, Tom? Because I think yeah, he, he kind of ran that game for, for 80 minutes on his own, whereas yesterday he looked a bit, I'm not saying ready, but he there's something off with him. Um, I think with Tommy Doyle, I think he, he, I think yesterday I would agree he was a bit off. Some of his passes weren't coming off, but I think, I think that was the case with both sides, really. Mm. I think there was a lot of times in the game where we get the ball, we play two passes, and then you give it away. And then they play two passes, and then they give it away. So, um, yeah, but I think for the price we can get him at, I think it's about 4.3 million. Oh, yeah. It's worth every penny of that. Um, and I think it'll only get better. I think every game, every um, player's going to have an off game eventually. Um you just got to hope he puts it right, really. And he done well from what he had. And he just had some passes which didn't come off, really. Yeah. And he, he didn't get the hate, any hate or moaning, did he? Whereas <laughs> when, when Hodge put, had the audacity to kind of misplace one, there was a few. But it's Wolves out. We need a scapegoat. Um, <laughs> which, which almost seems back. Um, there's, I know we've got the running order there. There's not really much in the way of talking about individual players, other than the craziness of the game. <laughs> Jiffo, first goal. <laughs> yeah, it, it just, it said to come out of nothing. Like, we could, for the first 20 minutes, we controlled the game. And it, uh, you could just feel there's like a sense as soon as Brentford go forward, they're going to get a ball into the box. And because they've got the, the big fuckers, because it's a huge team, they're going to create something out of nothing. And it, who does it land to? <laughs> yeah. The Irish Maldini, apparently. Um, Nathan Collins. And, yes, it's a cracking finish. Touch and, and you know, he's put it away. Straight underneath. Jose Sara tries to get across. Fair play, he didn't celebrate, but still a fucking wanker and he for doing that, <laughs> for scoring. But I think you put it the best on Twitter, to be fair, when you said it was pantomime-esque in the booze. Yeah. And, and, and I think that's what it was. I think it was just light-hearted people look too much at it and think about the way that Nunes was treated. Um, and it wasn't nothing like that. Nowhere near. Yeah. It, he's, 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 uh, he's had a bit, bit of a comedic 
uh, reaction. And after a very good goal, I will say, I'll tell you, you know, thinking back on it, he's took it really well. And, uh, you know, sort of, I'm sort of happy that he's getting sort of a redemption arc after the first time we played him. And he, he had such a terrible performance. But fair play to him. You know, he's done more. I mean, he, he can he can have a terrible performance in three weeks again if he wants to. I mean, there's, there's nothing stopping him. Yeah, um, yeah. If you feel like you know, but it what it, it, it was. But did you boo Tom? Because there was a few people laughing about him. That's why I said Panto because Remy and the stable up, and there was a, as soon as people started booing, it was it was kind of twinned with laughter. Yeah, I didn't boo him. The only player that I've booed pretty much coming back that I can think of off the top of my head. Is Nunes, um, obviously because of how everything went down. Um, but no, I don't feel like there's any need to boo him. I think even when we sold him, he said he didn't want to leave. Yeah. Um, don't get me wrong. I didn't think he was good enough when we had him. I thought there was always a mistake in him. Um, I thought he was a bit dozy, I think is the best <laughs> word. Um, but it had to be him to score. And he could have had two. Um, but you know, he took it well, so fair play to him. But you know, still got through, so that's the main part about it, yeah. But and I, I think still got through is the, the understatement because, for I mean, how many I was talking to about this with uh, one of my mates of a different club earlier on, and he was saying, like, you look at that result and you look at coming back like that. I know this is going to be music to Gully's ears, but we wouldn't have done that under Lopetegui because we didn't have the fight. We This squad seems to have fight in abundance. And that equaliser from, from your man, Samedo Jafoe, he, um, it was extra special, wasn't it? I mean, he, he set it up, didn't he? Samedo knew. He, he, he knew. He knew what was going to happen. He, he'd read the script. He'd written himself. He called Harvey Weinstein and said, can we put the film on, ready? <laughs> I've got it all written out. The tweet where I'll see you, Molyneux, with Nathan Collins. And then, beautifully, he, what does he do? He shrugs off Collins, taps it in after, a, a, you know, playing a nice little one-two with the goalkeeper. And then that picture, Collins on the floor, crawling, like Batafimbi Gomez when he, he used to do his lion celebration, looking exactly like that. Looking like an absolute clown. Fucking loved it. And Samado loved it as well. Sure he, sure he went over and had a, a cheeky one thinking about that. But it, it can't happen to a nice guy. His redemption arc, Samado, in the eyes of fans, nothing's really changed. He hasn't really changed his performance and the level of performance over the last couple of years. But it's nice that people actually appreciate what he's doing and, and understand that we can't have a player who's not Matt Doherty at right back. You know, and, and I'll even say, like, earlier in the season, I can't hear, and I talked about it, I thought maybe Matt should come in for a couple of games because he looked ropey at the start of the season. So I don't do. Mm. And say, oh, I'll even eat humble pie over that one and say, you know, I've I got it completely wrong. But I'm happy that Samado is, is showing his qualities because he deserves it. And he's someone who's, who's took a lot of shit off fans here throughout the years that he's been here. And, and he's to, to be fair to him, he's, he's never let his head drop. He's always just got on with it. And if he has dropped a clanger... He's gone back to it every week. Next week, he's he started again. He's, he's pushed himself. And, you know, you can only commend that sort of effort and attitude because there's a lot of people who just would have not cared. And he actually, as a footballer, looks like he gives a shit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think, as well, like you say, that's the type of players that you want. And talking about, like, the fight for the team, especially um, from when we had Lopetegui, I think it's because as well, the start of the season, we had our back against the walls. And I think that's what suits us best, really. I think when we are, when people do underestimate us, I think that's when we do play best. And um, Samado deserves his success. And he took his goal well. And, you know, hopefully he can score more, really, because he has some chances, to be fair. Yeah. It's been, over, what is it, over 50, over 50 games or something since his last goal? Just insane. Um, but yeah, I, I think is that has he scored at Molyneux other than that Man United one? In when there was like four thousand people there, <laughs> so, I think he might have got one. But off the top of my head, I can't think of one. Can't remember them now. I was going to say we. I, I, I'm apparently back now uh, through <laughs> the magic through the magic of technology. So 
I'd just be like a ghost behind the screen watching on like two separate devices. So I'm like literally playing catch up with my thoughts right now. Um, but Samedo, the goal was just so eerily similar to a Matt Doherty goal as well. In terms of it, like him just breaking through. Um, and it was a ridiculous ball by Kuna as well. And like it just, I mean, He'll come up in conversation again because he scored the um, scored the winner, obviously. But I, I'm trying to think of a higher quality Wolves player that we've had in a, in a long time in terms of how he's just consistently providing us that attacking output, whether it's goals or assists. He he is just simply uh, one of the. It sounds bad. It sounds like a, a such hyperbole when I say it, when I say he's one of the best Wolves players I've seen. But how he is create, he's one of the best creators I've seen at Wolves in a long time. Yeah, when you're talking about Kun, you're not Samedo here. Yeah. Um, um, either or, but yeah, we'll go. We'll go for Kun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you you look at people like Giamatino and how how incredible he was and. He never had the goal output. That was his problem. So you are talking about someone who's looking like an actual striker now, even though yeah. he's not a striker, apparently. Um, but he's so much more. It's almost like he'd be, if we just did play him up front, he'd be wasted because he's yeah. got everything else to him. Mm-hmm. And this role, this Cunha role that he has in the team, which is not a specific, specific um, spot in the formation, it's... It's perfect. It's absolutely perfect. But no one, no other player on the, in the squad could play that role. No, which kind of says everything about the man. It says a lot about what O'Neill's done with him and trying to mould him into this shape. That he's getting the goals and assists now. And I think there was a stat going around that he's had ten goal involvements in the last Durban games. And yeah, it, it, it's there's fruit now. There's fruit that's being given to us, and it's it's all coming into fruition. Everything that's all the hard work that's coming to players, he's coming out for a player who. When when he signed for Wolves, I mean, we all looked at him and go, "That's a lot of money. That's a hell of a lot of money that he's he's mm. going." It, it felt like sort of a January transfer gone wrong sort of thing, where you paid out the odds. But he, you look at him at the moment; he's, he's worth every penny. And like you say, yeah. Rich, you've got somebody who can create something, somebody something a little bit different. But it raises the question: after last night with Bellegarde playing at the striker, is we do we really need? We really do need a high quality number nine who can play in there and have a little bit of pace. We just need something different just for that exact moment because the balance wasn't quite right last night. Mm. And for everything that we did well in getting the result, something wasn't quite right about the way that team was set up. And it was it, there was just a little bit lack of a lack of pace and a little bit over 10, 15 yards. We'd lost the ball too much. And it was the a lot of the time where Sarabia would pick the ball up or Bellegarde and they'd want to turn back on themselves. And that kind of just slowed everything down. And I think that's the, the main talking point that comes for me at the game is, is that how can they either identify somebody to come in or have somebody within the squad who can do that role and be able to carry the ball? Because as soon as Pedro Neto comes into that side, you see that a little bit more. But he, he couldn't do that. He couldn't play in that central position as, as uh, what we'd need. No. Yeah. I think... There was the. I mean, he's not on the thing, but I think mean, Doherty. I thought Doherty was fine yesterday. I think he, he's. I think people are being a bit harsh. I don't think he, he did anything particularly wrong, considering he's playing out of position. Um, more of a worry is what what who stolen the real Hugo Bueno, and can we have him back, please? Because he looks broken <laughs> when he when he came on. He looked broken. And there's mm. clearly something he looked like if he's got a hip problem or something like that because he, he doesn't look like he's moving properly either. Um, but that whole thing of having no real winger wing back on that side in that kind of hybrid formation where Anuru's been playing as well, it's like, well, if we've got nothing there and we know for the fact that the ball is Doherty's going to turn back in and cut back on himself every single time, then you ain't going to get no fluidity through the middle either are you because it's it, it's all a bit lopsided but again it's it's horses for courses i suppose yeah and and doherty isn't the same matt doherty as he was you know pre-spurs move or even like you know we we, we joke when we've seen him play left wing back um a few games previous when like, oh yeah but do you remember when he got playing for season um like, it's like it was seven years ago 
<laughs> and he ain't, and he's not and he's not that same player, is he? Unfortunately, and it he can't quite support as much as we need to. Bueno situations worrying. Um, part of me just hopes he has just got a niggle, and but they they need him to be on the bench. But you know the drop off between eight Nori, you know pre um, African Cup of Nations to you know what are your other options? You know Matt, Matt Doherty, who is you know, I, I, I'm not sure how I'd feel about him playing in a league game. If I'm perfectly frank, Bueno. I can't remember last time I sort of put in a good game. Or you go Tony Gomez at left wing back, which again, not 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 convinced by. So it's it's really tricky with um yeah with with, with that left side problem over the next couple of weeks, isn't it? Yeah, uh, I think that that was that was where the danger was coming from as well from them their point of view. Um, it's almost with almost the entire game. It was because Samedo being Samedo and some weird clearances going on through the, the entire game. To be fair, from everyone, um, but definitely down that left, then our left hand side. Where I mean, I, I, I wouldn't have a problem playing Toti Gomez there if you're going to play them three in the middle, like we did towards the end. Um, mm-hmm. Dawson, Dawson, Kilman, and other point. I, I wouldn't have a problem with that. Um, but it's better than playing Doherty there if we've got the option to because he's just. We lose too much up front. Not defensively. Defensively, it's fine, but yeah. going forward, we lose too much from him. Yeah, I think I think that's it. Like it, it, it's that getting the ball through the transitions, and you know, the thing that Eight Nori is so good at is working in those tight spaces and almost drawing players into, you know, drag them out of position. You know, a, a lot of Eight Nori's best work isn't. In the final third, it's kind of in the middle of the pitch, or even like very much in his own half, isn't it? Um, but all of a sudden, you know, he'll break 10, 15 yards and, you know, go past, you know, take three players out of the game with, you know, a short dribble and a pass. And Samedo can do it on the other side as well, um, in a, usually in a slightly less flashy, flashy manner. But you say the, the drop off of your, your backups is, is, is really felt and, Fortunately, there is enough quality in this wall side and enough grit and determination to, you know, when when we go behind, they've got just about enough about them. Um, and yeah, unfortunately, we conceded another, didn't we? <laughs> I mean, I was convinced. I mean, I, I would I would put everything on either that it was offside, and it, it's it's probably got to be the closest one that. I was wrong though because it looked like it looked it looked yards offside to me. I mean, obviously yeah. in the, on the highlights you look at it and you, it doesn't look that bad. But where I, I was almost in line with it, and it looked offside, and for him to take so long, I mean, I understand now because of how, how close it was, but it was like knife through butter thing, and we haven't been exposed defensively like this for a long time. I don't know what's going on there, Tom. Yeah, it was it was an interesting one to be fair. Um, but I don't know about you guys, but even when we did go like one nil down, and then when we went two one down, I always kind of knew, like I had a, you just knew we was gonna still go for it, like you knew yeah. we was gonna have some sort of attacking threat. I mean, definitely through like Cunha, for example, because of how much he drives us forward. But under Gary O'Neill, I think even if we do one nil down. I think there's always we're always going to have a threat. We're always going to have more shots, and there's a different type of belief under Gary O'Neill. I think, um, I think a lot of people would agree that he's brought a very much clinical side to us. I'd say. I think with the chances we have, we are looking at getting a lot more goals from what we create. Yeah, I mean, you only have to go back like eighteen months under Bruno Small to think. Um... <laughs> How how naive and and well there was no, there was no guts was there as soon as we conceded that was it game over done there was no there was no chance but now there's a chance like we mentioned earlier there's a chance every time we go forward and there is I think having belief in the stands as well helps the nervousness is not there anymore um, well it might be in eleven days but um, 
but overall, you like you just said, Tom, there is there does seem to be a belief that's back, and it's 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 a weird feeling. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I was talking to someone yesterday, and they said like the feel that Gary O'Neill's bringing like good times back, like similar to him Nuno did. Um, I still think Gary O'Neill's got a lot to do before we can put him really in the same sentence as what Nuno done with us. Um, but I think in terms of the belief and getting behind the group, I think a very much family community field has come back to Molyneux, definitely. Hmm. The rich dead again? <laughs> there we go. There we go. I was going to say, um, more importantly, I guess, and it was almost a shame it wasn't the winner in, in a way, um, but Nathan Fraser getting the equaliser. And it was nice that obviously, you know, his first goal was a bit of a, a bit of a deflection, but there was no sort of deflection involved in this one, was there? No. No. I, I think it was br- he took it brilliant. I think it's a prop, like a proper striker's finish, hard and low. Um, I can't even begin to imagine how he must feel being a local lad um, as well. It would put the cherry on the cake if he scored against West Brom. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I think he's a, a brilliant prospect. I think we've got a real good player on our hands. Um, I don't think he's going to be um, the answer to the number nine that we need for the centre forward. I think I think he he could do with a loan move probably um, to save him sitting on the bench here. But I think he's had is it three games and he scored two goals. Mm-hmm. Something like that. I mean, you know, his numbers are coming up. And as I say, local lad, young kid, unbelievable. Yeah, they were talking on the, um, on the official podcast after the game. Um, and Naylor mentioned the B word and compared him to him. And <laughs> and it's like, well, you can kind of understand because of his body shapes similar-ish. Um I know you can say, oh yeah, because he's a bloke and he's kicking the ball, but there is there's an there's an essence of like you said, Tom, there is a natural finisher in him, which I mean we we, we spend 35 million on wasters who pretend to be strikers who that doesn't happen for. Um yeah, this kid comes in and, like you said, other than Ipswich, where everyone was shit. Like, everyone was shit. Um, look at the game against Blackpool. Superb. Um, little cameo. And then that yesterday. I mean, uh, to go from that goal and the passion, and and just because he's from here, the fact that he's a Wolves fan as well does help. Yeah. It just adds to it. And the, the fact that when the club played that thing, of he's, he's signing, signing on as an eight-year-old. <laughs> that was amazing, that photo. But you go from that to then the chance he had straight after Jafo. And you think yeah. if that had gone in, the place would have gone off. I, I was already gone. I was gone when he scored <laughs> first time. I was already gone. I, I was halfway down the the row. I, I'm so happy for the kid. But like, yeah, it, the touch and it was the thing is, it's everything set up. It was like poetry in motion with the second one. It was it was a lovely touch up on his body, and I thought you've got to slide it away now. And, and you know, he's he's unlucky, but you know, it's, it's been said here. It's great for it to have a, a local lad. Somebody who's in the in and around the side gets a couple of goals every season. If he does progress, it's brilliant. It's it's everything's positive from here with him. But having someone who's comes from Wolverhampton, bags a few goals, important games. I think as Tom says, if he gets one in the in the Black Country derby, that's it. He, he's <laughs> called he's called hero forever, mm. especially if it's the winning goal. Yeah, cement his whole legacy. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say that there, there, there is a story in the making with him, isn't there? Um, and next Sunday, what what impressed me kind of most about the goal was like his movement to get into a position because sort of, so as soon as Sarabia broke, he made an absolute beeline to get to that right hand side and try and open up the pitch. And then you know the ball breaks the corner, and he he holds his position. So instead of kind of running like making a run into the box. And almost kind of getting in the way, it, it, it takes a bit of nerve to kind of almost stay in your position sometimes and actually stay, stay in the place where you need to be. And you know, whether that's instinct, whether it's good coaching or whatever, I, 
you know, it, it could be very, you, know, you see it kind of more often than not, when the player doesn't kind of go in the right positions to fly. Unfortunately, he benefits from having, you know, a very creative player in Kuna to, you know, pick the pass as well, of, of course. But yeah, but what a goal, what a moment. And then roll an extra time. Um, it, it's back and forth, isn't it? And yeah, and Wolves get a penalty. And there was a bit of um, handbags. We'll, we'll go for handbags, I think, at best, because I I know it's a little bit caveman. I don't half love it when our players back each other up sometimes. And seeing Tomato just barge through players to protect Neto did did, did hit me in the feels, I'm not going to lie. I mean, I, I couldn't believe that I was the only one who saw what happened. Like, <laughs> and the, uh, wait, let's be honest, that... The graphics on the screen yesterday were ridiculous. And I don't know if it was just because it's an FA Cup and it's it's a different company doing it, who knows. But to not let anyone know what the hell was going on. Like there was no... Because normally you'd say potential red card for and then the player name would come up in the Premier League. That didn't happen yesterday. So in the... Yeah. We know I was going to say people watching at home, but no one was. Um, <laughs> maybe, that, maybe that's why they couldn't be asked. <laughs> but you were, no one had any idea other than, other than right in front of us... <laughs> In the Steve Ball Stan Cullis corner, where Samadas <laughs> come with pairing in like he's in gladiators, uh, pushing someone in the back. Andy had no idea from the South Bank, no idea what had happened. Like he texted me, and I thought I'd, I'd, I'd kind of glanced away and I just saw someone and I thought, yeah, someone's pushed someone over. <laughs> it was very silly. I it think was... it helped it. What, what, how, what? helped the situation was it was very much behind the referee's back as well so you had sort of these two kind of hot points happening at the same time so you had all the Brentford players crowding referee not getting booked and then you always had this like almost like a wrestling thing like oh look over there he's like elbowing in him like, yeah perfect <laughs> yeah it was it was ridiculous wasn't it and it the fact that it took him so long to, to look at it I mean you look at it once and you think yeah it's it might be a yellow card if you're being picky but the fact that they'd started it again um, mm. on the back of a blatant dive, by the way, <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. right? It was that was d- d- right in front. Of it. You can't see it. It looks it looks more of a penalty on on the highlights than it actually is, and it's not a penalty. <laughs> I, I think, yeah. But I, 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 I'm to... work, yeah, part of me is to say, I wonder how I'd feel if 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 it were I. Um, Unfortunately, like we we've had enough uh, kind of pops at Wolves for you know sometimes not playing the game this season and not kind of you know bit, being a bit cheeky with it. Um, it's, again, it's, say there it is, Rich. It's, it's Thomas Frank. He's a football terrorist and he's uh, oh, right. oh g- g- genuinely he he's one of my least favourite managers in the Premier League. And you know, part of me hopes they go down because of him but unfortunately I've got about four other teams who are in that boat at the moment so <laughs> I mean I'm in between a rock and a hard place to be honest but um yep yeah, Kuna knocks away the penalty uh, I think it caps off great performance in terms of you know what he does sees us through um and Kuna said after the game um lots of uh, fans said we needed to win because it's a, a big derby um, I'm very happy to play derbies. I've played Brazil, Argentina, Real Madrid, Atletico Madrid, and I really want to play uh, Wolves, West Brom, and make history. I think we rank up there, to be honest, in terms <laughs> of some of the derbies he's played in there, to be honest. But yeah, um, it, it brings us on. Uh, actually, I was going to say beforehand, um, a nice little, uh, I love a light-hearted story in a game. Um, was the fact that there was an there was an officiating injury uh, during the game. So Wolves fan Ross Bennett uh, stepped up to fill the gap of fourth official um, after the linesman was uh, taken ill just before extra time. Um, you, you don't see it often enough, but you do love to see it. <laughs> like I wouldn't want it in a league game, but I think FA Cup replay perfect or something like that. <laughs> I mean, something like that happened to Portsmouth in earlier in the season. It happened really recently. Yeah, and that was in that was in the league. Yeah, um, yeah. It's the fact that he's wearing his own tracky bottoms as well. That's the best thing about seeing that. Because... I was going to say that there, there was a there was a look to it, um, like part of him knew it could happen, and I always oh, think that. Uh, 
Yeah, it's like just he's got his boots with him. He's got his whistle, you know. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, so obviously Wolves are through to the fourth round um, against West Brom. Uh, Away from home, we've got a amazingly early kickoff um, a, a week on Sunday. Um, we will be doing preview stuff next week, so I don't kind of want to go right into the bones of the game and what we're kind of all expecting from it. Um, but one thing I was going to ask yourselves is, what does this game mean? For, oh, I was going to say mean for you personally. Um, I was going to kick off with a clip from uh, Little Dan. Um, so from the last time we played them, um, we were talking about um, it was you know who don't we like who's played for the Albion and Hoops who was presenting at the time asked a fairly simple question um, which was ever any players you secretly admire and Dan expressed his true views on West Brom and I'm going to throw back Shevin with you now because I think it resonates a lot with people um, and any players that you yeah, either hated. I know the play for Albion. I get that, but just to add an extra dimension, or any players that you grudgingly respected as well over the years. No respect. No. There's no respect. <laughs> There's pure hatred for these bastards. Everything and I despise in life. They sum up in a flipping blue and white striped pigeon badge wearing ensemble of just disgustingness. <laughs> I hate that club. I hate everyone that's involved with them. Like you just mentioned there, Paul Robinson, absolute mm. rat of a footballer. Mm. When he was in an Albion shirt, breaking Ebanks Blake's leg at Flipping Blues. Same with Matt Carbon, breaking George and Dar's leg. Lee Hughes, horrible. Just an horrible club. Just fuck them off. <laughs> Gold. Just Brilliant. 10 out of 10. No notes. <laughs> really. Um, but... I know, Stu, I know you, you've been posting a couple of things online in the last, well, 24 hours in terms of, you know, obviously the lines between banter and offensiveness and things like that, but, but there's a genuine spice and aggro to, to this derby. You know, the fact that it is on at quarter, quarter to 12 sort of surmises it, doesn't it? Yeah, and it's... <laughs> I mean, for me, I've, I've gone backwards and forwards over it for over the years as well because there was a time where we didn't play them. Um, obviously, when we were awful and they were up there doing in their, their Premier League stint where they did fuck all. So, who cares? Um, <laughs> eighth is an achievement, apparently. But, yeah, they, there was a time where I hated Blues more than them because they were who we played all the time. Recently, it's been Villa, but it's always going to come back to them. like it. And it's weird, though, because at, at the same time as detesting them and, and hating them and knowing what they do to us all the time, which is why I didn't want this game to happen. And I'm not even saying... Everyone knows my thoughts on the on the blue and white curse. It's just... It is what it is. It's got to end sometime, surely. I mean, it hasn't happened in the 100 years of our existence, but just once, it does happen every, every once in a while. It, it drops a little bit. I don't think... Thinking of it off the top of my head, in our, in our lifetime, there's never been a bigger gap between our quality and theirs at all. Even in the Premier League, we know fans, they were still in the same league as us, albeit not yeah, very long. We, yeah, the gap between us at that point wasn't huge, was it? Realistically. No. Like, yeah. So, it, it's it's one of them. And in a way, it's strange because I'd, I'd rather go for a point with one of them than a Villa or a Blue Nose, but not in the next 11 days. Not a chance. And I think that the, the funny thing about it, the fact that as soon as anyone's attacked this derby, we've like both come together across the divide to shake hands and abuse everyone else together, and that, it's it's all it's utterly bizarre. Um, but you th- this is this game is evil. Like I, I said in that tweet, it's the definition of evil. The fact that he has to kick off mm. in the morning, it's that bad. And I think that Sunderland Newcastle was bad the other week. Um, and that's what all I said was for people who didn't see it: don't be homophobic, don't be racist, everything else, fair play, death. Death threats, bestiality, incest, all the accusations you want. It's all its all banter. It's all a bit of a laugh. It's not real life. Don't be a dickhead. Just do it online. It's all fun and games. And that's what it is. But I, I, 
from going from not wanting this game, I now can't wait. And the fact that, <laughs> well, that the tickets are going on, on sale in the morning. I've already said that I'm doing nothing between nine and quarter past in the morning because the tickets are going to be booked. Simple as that. Work your wait. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. But, it, it, it's such a fascinating derby. I mean, one thing I will say, and look, there's still stuff I want to talk to. I've delayed proceedings long enough today. But saying Wolverhampton's not in the black country. <laughs> <sighs> Fuck it, let's get into it. Because it is. It is, unfortunately. Um, look, I mean, there's a couple of different ways you can view it. Look, we, we could do it on like the greater, you know, region west of Birmingham and the economic boroughs that now exist and have existed for multiple decades now. Or we could go off um, coal seams that developed 300 million years ago. I personally think we go off, you know, the structure that's kind of developed in the last 20 odd years in terms of how it is. And also, Bilston and... No, Bilston and Wensfield both get clusters for Black Country. Both of them are in Wolverhampton. Yeah. So and the parish map of 1830 has both Wolverhampton, Bushbury, Technol, Warsaw, West Brom, Tipton, Sedgley, Handsworth, Aldridge, Warsaw. Black Country. Stop being silly yeah. bastards. I don't know what I don't know. They've got a Birmingham postcode if they want to be, if they want to play this game. Yeah. They've got a, they've got a stand not, not... named Birmingham Road. I mean, I'm not, yeah, I'm not going to get, I mean, we've got Waterloo in ours, so, um, but just, I mean, I'm not going to get into postcodes because, you know, you can't, that's classing avarice with Shrewsbury then, and, you know, but it's just, Wolverhampton is in the black country. Full stop. It it is the fault, yeah. I think it is like fairly defined now. And yeah, even if you go off the, yeah, geographic stuff, still just, it still touches upon it. It still classes a wider region. I also say that because I work for a company with fucking black country in the title. So (laughs) I think I, I, yeah, this is genuinely about as angry as I'm going to get um, about it because it is just, it's just a weird stick to beat us with. It's not even like, anything to you beat know what? It's just cool. wrong. Say we say yeah. we've all yeah. called us singles, say we got six fingers, but don't come here and be saying that. Yeah. I mean, we, we've already got a retort for that. I mean, we do know that we'd all rather be a dingle than a cunt, which is simple, simple as it is. Yeah. And that's going to be sung hot, loud and proud on ITV in the morning. <laughs> So, <laughs> yeah, you're gonna be hearing that. There's gonna be, uh, I mean, I feel sorry for the American listeners who have to hear that at you know quarter to four in the morning or whatever it will be as they're you know making sure we got a transfer fund. Yeah, exactly. Josh has got to pay for our, uh, yeah, they've got to get our players in somehow. If it isn't through uh, the shipping costs, I don't know what it's going to be. Um, but look. We know how much how important this game is. I mean, and we also know how bad it's been in terms of the Black Country Derbies in terms of our performances over recent years as well. And Tom, you've got to hope that you're right. The, the quality is there with this team now that we could genuinely leave a a, a mark on this game. Yeah, I think I've always said this. Though, but this is a problem. We we are. Quality-wise, on paper, we are 100 times better than them, I believe. But derby games are completely different to any other game. I've always said that because there's a lot more fight in them. You know, you don't have to be a brilliant footballer to win a derby. You just have to be up for a fight, pretty much. Um, But I think if there's any time... Where we're gonna get a result? I think, and I hope, and I pray that it's now because of the quality that we we've got. I mean, I'm gutted that Joao Gomez is out for it. Um, I'm not sure if Ryan ain't, could I know he be back, or no. is he will, will he be no. after? Still, yeah, still so, Afcon, yeah. 
Yeah, so with Ryan Aitnori and Huang Yi-Chan, I mean, if we went there with a full-strength squad, I'd be a, probably a lot more confident, but I am still confident that we can get a result. And it's just the record, really. It's the record of results that we've had in the past. That's what knocks people's confidence. Mm. Can we just say as well that Kieran's just brought it to our attention, uh, well, Dan is in the group, that the, um, the Duke of York in town will be open from 6 a.m. <laughs> on that day um just to uh just to wet everyone's whistle just to be safe just i it's gonna be carnage i mean part <laughs> of me and i appreciate i i am saying this and, and, and i can feel Stu looking at my shirt and jumper combination when i say <laughs> this like if you can't control yourself not to be a dickhead at the game then maybe don't go but it's also a black country derby, so I'm conflicted. Um, but uh, yeah, just don't be a dickhead. Have fun, as you said. It's not real life. It is a bit pantomime. It's got you know with a level of testosterone chucked into it. But I hope we fucking smash them. I I hope it's like an em- embarrassing levels of like not just a two nil. A professional job. No, I want it to like genuinely have them crying in a corner. You know, Kuna doing, you know, standing on the ball kind of levels of embarrassment. Like, that's my aspiration for the game. Would you rather us go and smash them or would you rather us like have like a last minute winner or something? Ooh. No, I'd still no, yeah. 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 Because yeah, to get uh, a last-minute winner is nice, but it implies that we'll have gone toe-to-toe with them, mm. or we'll yeah, at least yeah. not separated it. Because a last-minute winner is good, because you'll get genuine limbs there. But I think if like if we're able to get more than three, three or more goals, you know, yeah. I mean, the thing is, we are never going to be able to match like the five-one. Like the circumstances will not be there at this point unless we're in the same division, it just ain't happening. But it's what could we do now for this? And the COVID ones are sort of lost in really. Like the the, the two ones in that COVID season, I was going to say it's not they really don't count. They very clearly do. But I think in terms of like recent defeats and performances, people will. Honing on that, that is like an era defining game in this derby. Um, on both sides of the table, and I don't, I'd be fascinated to know what scoreline would it be have to be, or what kind of performance would it have to be to be the you know, this era, you know, defining for this kind of era within the club's history. I mean, if, if we're like three nil up after half hour. And just toy with them, like a like like a cat with a tiny pigeon, um, like on their badge. If if we can do, if we do that and just take the piss for an hour, that'd be amazing. Just because mm. of, of their solemn little faces, and like what 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 can I do then? That's that being embarrassed at home like that when they've given the big and for what the best part of twelve years um, over something that then led us to go all the way down to come all the way back again and have the best year of our lives in League One. Cheers, guys. Um, which is why I've, which is why I've got that mug with the CFAX five one because it, what it led to was amazing. They, they're not going to have that, regardless of what they have. They, they, they caused us so much suffering that it was so much better when we fixed it. They're not going to have that. <laughs> Reverse it round. So if if we go there, take an early, early comfortable lead, and then just piss them off for an hour, that would be mm. that would be bliss. Yeah. I, I'd quite like going at going at halftime, winning one nil, and then second half really kind of open up the floodgates, so to speak. So it's not just like you know when you get two nil up, you can't go. Oh, okay, game, game's dead and buried. Sixty minutes, but no, we keep we keep pushing on. That's what I'd like. I know we've had um, Brandon McCormick saying four nil, uh, Fraser getting to Kuna and Santi. Oh, I'll tell you who I I think will get a goal is someone like Lamina. 
You just took the shit out from them. Mean, he'd be in the, he'd be up against the crowd. Oh, doing he, everything. He, <laughs> he would. Cool. That guy. He is. He's. He will break a rib cage, thumping his chest. <laughs> I. Saw. I can sit. Saul's going to give him big licks in it. <laughs> like genuinely. <laughs> there's there, there is so many potential narratives and you know there, there's a lot of i guess sort of common history at the moment obviously we've got dawson they've got um jed wallace um as, as well so it's, yeah, yeah and they've just signed andy vyman who of course um scored the winner for us in a fourth round of a fa cup against a high level <laughs> opponent so genuinely like, i don't want it to happen obviously but the, the, the script of um, Vyman's scoring, I don't actually. Can he play? I was going to say, I saw something that he Ooh. could be cooked by, but I, I don't, I'm not too sure. Yeah, without without sort of checking, um, yeah, there, there, there is a narrative in there as well. So, but before before we play the Albion, we also have to play the other Albion, Brighton. And as Stu said, we are cursed against the blue and white stripes. And what better week to get over it than. Um, you know, the last weekend in January in 2024. Let, let's be honest, our record against them is fucking awful. Um, out of the last 11 games, uh, we yeah, we are we are just shocking. We've won two, we've won, we've won two out of the last 11 against them in terms of the last three games. Um, we obviously lost 4 1 to them at the start of this season in April, we lost 6 0 to them. <laughs> and uh, we lost three two to them in a very bizarre game um, last year as well, um, where I, I don't quite know how we genuinely managed to stay within one goal of it. Um, it was genuinely they deserved to be about four or five nil up in that game, and we did not serve two goals. Um, but a bit of, this might just be my toxic positivity now from Gary O'Neill. Don't think there's an awful lot in it. They have um they've come to a bit of a crossroads, aren't they? Mm. All their um all their superstars. I mean that saying that Mitama has got the like his usual torture routine ready for us. Um but they're not they do seem to have dropped off a little bit this season compared to where they've been the last few. Um and I've been I have been to that place where we like the uh, the one nil own goal and when we won over Christmas last season, was it last? No, two years ago. Um, so it, it does happen there. Um, but since they've been this kind of football hipster force, uh, we've had we've got nowhere near them. But again, the tides are changing. Tesco week is going to be a successful week. <laughs> I mean, quick, a bit of a bit of a side sideways step for a second. Score update on the Nottingham Forest game. They've they've gone to extra time. Blackpool, we're 2 0 down, pulling back to 2 2. So Nuno still loves the FA Cup. <laughs> quite clearly, see. But yeah, bringing back Red to Brighton. I mean, I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful. I mean, oh yeah, I'm going to be there. First time I've been to the Amex. So excited to go somewhere different. But taking the taking the lady, the lady with me. So hopefully she can keep that 100% winning streak going and destroy that curse that we've had recently. Because I. I think, like you said, it's, it's, they've they've sort of been this football hipstery sort of team, and they've they played beautiful football. It's, it's kind of gone against everything that we've kind of done. We've kind of been this bo- oh, boring for the past. Pragmatic. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Function over flair. Yeah. Yeah. I think, and we've kind of been caught out by teams who actually want to play football, but with O'Neill, you know, and the way I think the. The best way to I describe describe to anyone who I talk to about what we're doing now under O'Neill is relentless. Now that that's yeah. kind of the, the the best word to describe the, the way that we play football. Because I think we're talking about turning it early when we get a couple of goals, we just keep going. We just keep going. They're, they never stop. That they always want to do more. They want to be more. And it just plays into the hands of so much that we've done. And Brighton and now they've kind of they've lost Kaiseido. They lost for you know Mita, I think I don't think Mita, Mita are with Japan, so win the Asia Cup. That's so point. he's not going to be there, but hopefully they they they're just not quite clicking in the same way. You know, I'll say all this now, smashed again, but it, you know, it's hopefully you know 
praying that something clicks for us and, and, and something's going in a different direction. But I'm I'm extremely hopeful that we'll get a result there. And even I'd take a draw, I would, because it's 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 a step in the right direction at an opponent when we normally struggle. Yeah, I, I, I'm I'm bizarrely confident, and may, maybe it's just for last game. I think Neto coming back to fitness is a, is a key one and really needs to start. Um, I think for a point you alluded to earlier, just throwing the game against Brentford, we do. Bellegarde and Sarabia don't quite offer us that dynamism to really kind of stretch defence at the moment. Whereas I think between Kuhn and Neto and one of Sarabia or Bellegarde, I think we've kind of got that without um without Huang in at the moment. So I don't know, I feel like we, we've got that momentum at the moment and that that's so so key and we're talking Goal difference aside, we're only three points behind Brighton. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, yeah, like you know, there's. It, I think you can get perceptions in the league and about how else a team like Brighton do, and I think we sort of I've said it. Before, I said it before, probably when we lost four one to them. Like people seem to have this impression in the wider mainstream media that you know Brighton is a brilliant football team and almost seemingly never lose. And always win. It's like, but they wouldn't be in the position they're in if that was the case. No, so it's clearly no. like something that kind of will, you know, we're cursed as a, as a club against um, stripy teams. But I don't know. It just something kind of goes. There's going to be a point, and I do think that now we're playing with the back three. It's looking settled. Who, no matter if you're playing Santi or you're playing Dawson we understand our movements a bit better going forward because even in that 4-1 game earlier this season, we weren't awful. We just had a fucking nightmare 10 minutes. Yeah. yeah. Beyond that, actually, we were creating chances. We were looking good. We were looking positive. Just We just completely broke down for 10 minutes, which fortunately is all they needed. <laughs> But even even you, you compare the team from then to now, and it's night and day difference. Mm. We uh, we've got backbone now. I mean, there yeah. we we're, we're more we're more like seahorses. It was just like completely pointless. I mean, can you as a aside? Can you put that this comment from still with the on the screen about little Dan? <laughs> I saw little Dan at a pub, and it looked like he was going to bite me. So I didn't say hello. <laughs> we. <laughs> <laughs> Harsh. Close we'll go, we'll go for, yeah. <laughs> just that's one for a mug. Um as <laughs> 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 I say the follow-up, um I, I'm like a foot taller and I still felt hit like he was looming over me. Yeah. About like right. wolves, like wolves over a pigeon, which is what next week will be. <laughs> exactly. Um it, I was gonna say just to just to wrap up the show, um there are fixtures going on in the league. It's they're doing this weird thing. I say weird thing, very actually sensible thing now to kind of give a bit of a break. So we had, you know, half the fixtures last weekend, um, half fixtures this weekend. Um, so in terms of the other games going on, we've got Arsenal Palace, we've got Brentford Forest, um, Sheffield United, West Ham, Bournemouth, Liverpool, and of course us. I think probably the most interesting one for us is maybe that Brentford Forest. I don't know if they're a bit below us now, but or or maybe the Sheffield United West Ham and really kind of you know push us into that uh, mid-table position. Yeah, Sheffield United is the one I was looking at there because mm. when you look at West Ham again last night, Old Moyes is getting a bit of flack for that result, and rightly so, <laughs> to be fair. Um, and they are a bit up and down and. Sheffield United have got the uh, one of the best players in the championship last year. Was it last year or the year before? Before he moved away, um, yeah, they've signed him now. So he, he's uh, it's quite an intriguing game because West Ham, are, West Ham are so West Ham. Eh? They, they they could be awful for ninety, like eighty nine minutes and then just win. Yeah, yeah. I mean that we talk about you know Wolves being functional over flair. I can you know I mean that that just they just anticipate it, it's. They've just got such a healthy knack of just getting wins, and uh, I think I, you know, obviously, if you watched Gully's tactical 
analysis of the Wolves West Ham game and you know, he laments West Ham quite a bit and I'm kind of very much sure, yeah, but they scored three goals. They they, they do enough to get goals, don't they? They're not, um, they're, not a, they're not a good side, apparently. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's 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 sometimes hard to not to be a good side and be twentieth in the league after twenty games. But <laughs> then again, I, I I sometimes think the same thing about Aston Villa. Be honest, but I go, I don't under, I genuinely don't quite know how they are third in the Premier League. Um, you know, two two points off the top. Um, of like with playing an extra game, but. It's what happens when you're in football games on a regular basis. Um, you know, it's... But yeah, so interesting games, fellas, um, coming up. Very quickly, should we do some score predictions for Brighton? Um, on. One each. One, one. How about you, Jafo? Um, um, I'll go... You know, I'll, I'll be confident. I'll get two on and away win. Ooh, that very confident. You 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 got lady look on your side, so you. <laughs> Tom, how about you, mate? I'll go one nil. I'm going to say Cunha to score. Yeah, you know what? I'm I'm feeling lucky. I'm going to go one nil, but I think it's going to be Neto. It's my shout, and that's going to sort of drive us through this, you know, sheer positivity from Monday to Sunday. But we're going to be back on Tuesday to talk about. Um, for Brighton game and also be back later in the week to do a preview of the uh, Albion game as well. Um, We'll obviously be doing lots of social stuff and hopefully a few more videos and stuff like that in the um, next week or so post Brighton around the the Albion game as well. Um, So I think, fellas, it's going to be a very exciting week down WV, isn't it? Yeah, it's... I I, I described it as like... (laughs) It's Albion Advent. It's just yeah. counting yeah. every day. Oh, it, it, it genuinely does feel like, um, you know, I say from a comms perspective, it is just going to drive the, the Midlands media for the next week um, to a point where it feels like, would it, like, unless this, like, if we lose to Brighton 1 0, no one's going to care. No. No, no one is going to give an absolute shit. You know, whether it's fans or the media, I mean, like it was a struggle, obviously, for the Bre- people care about the Brentford game because it wasn't shown anywhere. But um, yeah, I think people just go, "Cool, right, move on. Let's focus on the big one." Hmm. Um, so yeah, we'll be on at Wolves Fancast on here, there, and everywhere to keep you updated. Of course, on Brighton and the Boggies. But until then, it's goodbye from Jafo. It's goodbye from Tom. It's goodbye from Stu. Positivity. Goodbye. And it's goodbye from me. See you next time.